everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes to make sure the levels fall from low. I got them girls shining oh so bright. Hey, Tex. Luke, my friend, how are you? I'm all right. Name this sigh. <sighs> what type of sigh is that? A shortness of breath, S-O-B. You call me a <laughs> son of a bitch? <laughs> exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with this S-O-B, Mr. McQuilkin. <laughs> He's here with this S-O-B, Luke Summers. We are not here. Oh, and with this S-O-B, Bobblehead John. That's right. Today, we are addressing the hotline. This is a crew episode of... The premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Oh, I beat you on the second one. You were the third one. Oh, whatever. That's right. We are going to the hotline. We're taking some text messages because John doesn't like the text messages. He likes to listen to the voicemails. Yeah, I can't blame him. Why? Because we get to hear the unique voice oh. and sounds of that, so you want me that to... great Tim Wacker guy, <laughs> great golf ball Wacker guy. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, that's right. We have a hotline. We answer your questions. Uh, yeah, it's dedicated to your training inquiries, your nutrition inquiries, whatever, whatever the deal is. We will put some thought into it and uh, get you some answers. Yeah, we, what we used to do in Instagram Live, like, yeah. hey, ask some questions and we'll answer it. But the then. Just Maybe 150 plus questions yeah, and per. Next thing you know, it's a 12 hour podcast, you know, and like we only got through the intro. <laughs> so now it's good. This time uh, we well, just we dedicate one episode to one question. Correct. So That's we can true. give everyone there. Dude. Yeah. So if you got a question, don't hesitate to call us. 929-464-4640. That's 929 929- Ing, ing, zero. That's right. You can text us too. So we're going to be taking some text today or a text. Ah, yeah. uh, Episode. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Don't want that one. No, definitely don't want to read that one. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, this is kind of a long one. Okay. Okay. So this is coming from Jim. (laughs) G-Y-M? Yeah. Gaim. What's a Gaim? Bittersweet, bitter sob story for you fellas. I lost my job because of this whole lockdown thing. Back in June. That sucks, dude. Um, That's the bitter. Thanks to you and my home gym and all of this new free time, my gains have been amazing. (laughs) And I like his attitude. I'm absolutely thrilled to report that I just landed a new and better job. There we go. Uh, That's the sweet. So bittersweet. The sweet. Now on to the other bitter. Mm. I need to move and I won't have access to my home gym for at least a few months and all gyms are shut down in my new home area. Is it possible to still get gains with just body weight training? Bye Jim. Where do we begin? I have some ideas. Okay. Okay. Uh, number one for Jim, I'm going to, I always like to just kind of back it out because not everybody's gym. Let's say you are listening to this and you do want to give advice to some folks. If you are a novice and you've never really worked out, a body weight training regimen is going to like really, it'll work. 
Oh, 100%. There are plenty of research studies to back up that everything works. You can mm -hmm. perform only leg press, or I believe the the most leg famous stunts, uh, study, it was bicep curls. Yeah, you were doing bicep curl, so you tested one arm leg press, uh -huh. or leg curl, extension. Curl, yeah. Leg extension, you're right. Leg extension. And let's say you stacked up 45, pound, 45 pounds of like plates on there, and you got one. Then what do they do? Oh, bicep curls. All bicep curls for like six weeks. Six weeks. Then they came back and their leg extension got stronger. Uh -huh. Not even training legs. Nope. There you go. So that's the program. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we call that one field strong. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. You know what a gymless leg extension is? No. If performed correctly, a little sissy squat. Oh, yeah, that's true. Body weight. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So... For a novice, and this is why Tybo, this is why uh, P90X, this is why a lot of those folks who are well-intended in getting people who don't have a healthy relationship with fitness, to get them in shape, they offer a 90-day guarantee. It oh, just yeah. so happens that a novice athlete will see almost, like, almost any stimulus will drive positive training responses for a 90-day approximate window. Mm -hmm. So can body weight exercises get you gains? Yes. Here's the sad caveat, though, for my guy, Jim. If you've been banging weights in your home gym, and you've had serious gains since, what did he say? So June, July, June or July, to August, to September, to October, to November. Mm -hmm. Five months of serious gains. I He's well beyond the novice window. Well, I, I got good and bad news. What's that? You saved a bunch on your car insurance? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so you're paying a ton? Yeah. Do we have an insurance broker out there for Texas? Losing okay. my train of thought, and I've regained it. Okay. So he's three months without... The, this is back specific to Jim. Can we bounce and forth? Well, yeah, where do you want to go? Okay. Quickly, uh, back to Jim. He's out of a gym for three months. He's had five months to accumulate a lot of muscle mass and progress and strength. Right. Gains. Gains. Good news is the principle of reversibility. Mm. It'll take about that time if he did nothing to then lose said. Yeah. So if we have a three-month window, we can mm -hmm. supplement body weight. He's not going to progress totally, yeah. on there. But good if he maintains a certain level of fitness, and we'll mm -hmm. give some... Uh, some movements and exercises and training styles yeah. that he can do. But the good news is he's not going to lose as much as he thinks he will. Yeah, he's so worried about And this is the, that's a great point to look at it. Text like typically gains. We're thinking about like a, if we were to chart it, you know, gains is the slope is positive. The line is going up, right? As time on the bottom increases, your gains are going up. And that's what you, I saw you draw your little, your chart there. So let's pretend this is linear. Okay. Right. So with, the x-axis. You got a slant up. Right. And then reversibility says when you get to a high point, the slope is about the same going slanting down. So it looks almost like a little triangle. Mm -hmm. And that's assuming you apply no training stimulus. So what we're talking about now for Jim, the good news is your form of gains is changing that negative slope. Right. So that you slant up. And as it starts to slant down, because you're just not going to have access to the, the right amount of stress to get to maintain strength and power and things like that. If we can just not make it, you slow the, 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 what's the opposite of gains? Losses? You slow your losses. Right. That's your gains. Main. I'm trying to like get creative combining maintain and gains. Mm -hmm. Main. 
gains, but mm-hmm. that's not going to work, guys. But just maintain to the best of your abilities. You play the gains game, which is salvaging as much gains as you can. Very true. I mean, three months and then... Mm-hmm. So here's what it is. It's a money booth. Tax. Okay, okay here's... So, oh so your five months has been stacking up money into your money booth, right? Okay. And then you're in that money booth where like all of a sudden the wind starts to go. And you're... Is that my line? We got a hotline. We do have a hotline. Um, and then you... Oh, I know. I'm standing on this. Watch. See what I'm doing? Can they hear that, do you think? Well, yeah. Anyways. Uh, so... <laughs> So you're in that money booth. I'm and you're in that money to, booth. You're trying to grab as much as you can. Show me the money. Right. So to maintain as much gains as possible, knowing that this physiological, biological principle of reversibility is you're about, you're about to become beholden to it. Doing nothing, you will get losses. But doing something, you minimize losses. Correct. Now, is that for even novices? I think it's different for them. Yeah. It certainly will. Because it's quick, ripe, quick, quick, ripe, quick, rotten. So those gains go away a lot faster. And it's, that's why people who like quit after the 90 days are like stuck back where they started. It seems like 90 days later. Yeah. And then to get back onto it, they don't have the same slope as the first 90 days. Right? And depending no, on what their be. training stimulus yeah, it was. Won't. Their next 90-day or run-up will not peak as right. high as the first one. Assuming it's like this body weight, high, low-intensity, high-volume approach. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, novice aside, this is a trained gentleman. We talked about the, the reversibility. Mm-hmm. Now, for the, the specialist, the... Yeah, someone who's had like decades of training. Yeah, they'll maintain their, their movement, their skill. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe... The, the biggest worry there is the the tendons, the joints getting back into the the pressure that that lost. Got it. So the the dynamic ability. That's uh-huh. like the the old bros heading back to the old alumni game. Ah. And then you know the pops and the cracks they start to come back because they're mm-hmm. moving at an intensity in mm-hmm. which. But if they're able to maintain moderate about a movement and then the elasticity, some form of lengthening and strengthening maybe it's not to the dynamic mm-hmm. explosiveness as their specialists or their olympic lifting or their former sport athlete yeah, like, mm-hmm. they'll be in a position to then not lose all so, right so what do body we, weight training body weight training 101 <laughs> i guess we haven't really like well here's the thing here was our solution is like body weight's not enough it can be for a little bit but uh-huh. it shouldn't be. So, Jim, like, I'd recommend we're going to get into the a body weight protocol. I think we'll flesh right. that out in real time here as we workshop it. Yeah. But this is the exact reason. This was our response with Third Monkey. And it takes, like, a really dedicated type of uh, individual who's using this training and needs a training. And, like, when there is a will, there is a way. With about 50 bucks, you can outfit your, your home with about 500 pounds of gear. Yeah. It's crazy. 500 pounds for about 50 bucks. And you're going to do that in the form of uh, cinder blocks, five-gallon buckets, uh, powdered concrete. Uh, We got some bungee cords in there. All things you can get at a hardware store, Mm -hmm. which is going to be open during uh, the pandemic lockdowns. And people maintained and even gained on this program that we call Third Monkey. So Uh my recommendation is, let's say you want to, 
kick off 50 bucks and you have a, a 10 foot by 10 foot area to work out at eight foot by eight foot. Yeah. I mean, apartment balcony varies. Yeah. That was a lot of the environment that we had. Yeah. People training uh, in. And you want to get some work gloves because the center box can be unforgiving. Right. Um, in, in terms of any like soft skin areas. So like that training program will get you gains. Yes. And that, I mean, main reason is we were forced to get creative and that's when Luke and I are about to go into some body weight protocols with getting creative with the different exposure to movements mm -hmm. and training approach. We did that with third monkey. Right. So you're going to face different foot positions, different squat variations that you may not have trained mm -hmm. previously, but we were forced to get creative to target certain limitations with limited weight, but still get a potent training response because mm -hmm. it was intense for your Central nervous system, general adaptation syndrome. That's right. So speaking of adaptation, let's let's just kind of, let's narrow the, or let's give like a little bit of focus, Tex. Okay. What are the adaptations we tend to look for out of a training program? Strength? Str uh, yes. Simply when we say adaptation, we're referring to strength. Like high level adaptation. Strength uh, and then power. power coordination power, yeah. and speed. Mm -hmm. And think, um, of, think of power and speed as the, coordination and strength coordination as yeah. well then we can have so those are more neurological their expressions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we have physical adaptations structural adaptations where we have the increase cross-sectional size yeah. of the muscle hypertrophy so think yeah. hypertrophy and there's different forms of hypertrophy and then there's like aerobic like glycolytic capacity aerobic capacity oh, yeah. so then you get into the the conditioning the mm -hmm. the metabolic side of things so mm -hmm. lots of different options that we can specifically target with the body weight training. Right. So like your aerobic base can be done in body weight. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called a yogging. <laughs> oh, soft J? Yeah, soft J. Um, your glycolytic can be done with increased tempos of yogging, dare I say running, and or sprinting. Mm-hmm. And then even intensity forms of sprint, which are maximal sprint output with maximal recovery in between efforts, Hit that like creatine phosphate, phosphate ATC. Oh yeah, um, or ATP. Excuse me. Yeah. System. So you can train those energy systems and body weight with with just running. Mm -hmm. Right. So those are amazing tools to train those energy systems. Now you can use like, assuming he's moving to a place mm. that he's freed up outside. Because mm. it is. Yeah, who knows? Okay. It's getting cold out there. So let's say you don't have that. Let's say you, then you can use things like burpees uh -huh. that are body weight to, yeah. ta to like task those energy systems. Yeah, and use rest times to then target or mm -hmm. the intensity in which you move. So this could be like 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. It could be 30 seconds on, two minutes off. Mm -hmm. So those are two that's using burpees. Or seven straight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> You remember that? I do. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, you know what? I can find that. I'm sure it's all online. Yeah, I bet. I think I got uh, two, three. What'd you get? Two, three. Uh, Wait, like, give me a ballpark. What you got? I I have no idea. You think Generally like don't remember like 105? I don't remember because I got 106. <laughs> uh, don't look it up. I don't have time for this. Okay, so burpees. Seven minutes of burpees would be then like, you could yeah. do that. Or but, I mean, apartment stairs. Yeah, if we're working in. Mm -hmm. We're up in a city. Oh, um, but these things are are ways to work those energy systems, which are just one aspect of training. In fact, I'd say, man, of a body weight protocol, 
it can't be the whole thing because that's where you get into this overuse and you will get a detraining effect and you will compromise your gains. Oh yeah. Cause you're going to get, you're going to get the wrong training effect after prolonged exposure to that. So let's say over the week, that type of training, you want to try and maybe accumulate over the week, an hour of that. Yeah. That's a good general. The, as our episode with Dr. Keith Barr, he also said within that, not just accumulate an hour of steady, one of those minutes should be like red line, red line. Yeah. As, as pushing the, the ability of your heart. Yeah. Stress. So let's call that. What do you want to call that? Conditioning? Uh, yeah, let's just call it. And that can be like, that's your mountain climbers. That's like your body weight cardio movements. Uh huh. One hour throughout the week with each, with at least, man, how would you do that? 10 minutes at a time, six days a week, 15 minutes at a time. 20 minutes um, time, something like that. But each one of those doses, you want to get like, you need to get an interval in there of like red line. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I would <clears throat> spread the red line where Dr. Keith Barr suggested at least one. That was that was his, uh, every, we yeah. have seven days and at least one of those should do it. I would spread that across, I mean, one to two. Yeah, a week. A but week. not like six, not every single day. No, 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 no. And then, but still not the, the moderate pace. Yeah. Every the no man's day land. either. Yeah. Yeah. So you need variance in those. Yeah. Okay. So that's your cardio. What about body weight, like strength movements, right? We want to focus on getting strong with a squat, a bench, a hinge. Okay. Well, this is like, we these have- are like, our, how are we going to replace Squatting, deadlifting, pressing, bench pressing, and barbell shoulder pressing. Well, we now need to look at movement versus these specific exercises. Okay. Movements that okay. you were suggesting. The and, and now we can take into our consideration our primal movement patterns. Okay. So we have seven primal movement patterns. Interesting. And when we say primal, we are referring to our foundational mm-hmm. movements versus primal like... Caveman, Gronk. Caveman, Gronk. Gronk. Well, Gronk and Gronk are both accurate. Oh, he's an amazing athlete. Anyway, so these seven foundational movements, so rather than, okay, and this is what we did very well with our third monkey, okay, we're taking the barbell back squat. What's the action of the hip? Mm -hmm. So we're essentially hinging here with our hips, so Mm -hmm. we need to find a movement that can hinge. Will it be to the 315-pound barbell back squat? No but how do we express and create as much power within that hinge that we can? Mm-hmm. So squat, you got a squat jump, squat jump or depth jump or depth jump. Uh, I would suggest the squat jump okay. for our people or even get creative. And if we mentioned apartment earlier, running stairs, mm-hmm. now I'm powering, I'm yep. bounding up my stairs mm-hmm. like a frog leaping, Uh huh. like a frog for max efforts could be three in a row to, equal a three rep max so mm-hmm. three maximum how far up within that i can get so that's where we can sub the movement of squat jumps for squat uh-huh. or bounding jump because it's the same action of our pelvis of our hips uh. but i don't need the external stress of a barbell as much as we love it so you're hinging along kind of like that vertical axis right with your primal x which would be our squat Mm-hmm. Now, what about like, would you say a broad jump or consecutive broad jumping would be more akin to like a deadlift? Maybe. I guess you're, you're 
pushing back into the posterior chain. Mm. So if we want to jump horizontally rather than vertically, vertically, then we get the opportunity to bias the posterior chain just like that deadlift. Mm -hmm. So now I'm still hinging at the hips, but now the the recruitment pattern would be different, but it's mm -hmm. still our, our primal X, mm -hmm. the hinge, the squat. So these could be, let's say, like if you're going to do an intensity day, which would be like your heavy squats or heavy deadlifts. Yeah. That's going to be these one, two, or three consecutive jumps. Mm -hmm. Would you I'd agree? Up, I'd say up to five. Up to five. Yeah, but okay. that, that five is going to be very high skill. It's mm -hmm. a high fight. How many sets? Expect, ooh, I mean three to five. Yeah, so but then total resting, jumps that total you're going to accumulate? Are, yeah, less 20, than 15. 15, 20? Yeah. Okay. Certainly less than 20. Okay. But yeah. If we're hitting 25, we're probably... Too high. We're probably at that borderline. Any anything more than twenty five, we're not going to do filthy fifty, right? Uh, ever, mm -hmm. but so talking about maximal efforts, like I'm approaching it, like it's a five RM deadlift fight. Mm -hmm. I want to think of that as my five consecutive broad jumps as my my same fight. Yeah, that's the and I think that's what's important about the like the stair leaping or the broad consecutive broad jumping, like. You're not chipping away. It's not like chopping a tree down with each rep. You know what I mean? Uh huh. This I, is. I got a quote. I go. got uh, I got a quote. The great coach Bill Walsh. Mm -hmm. So San Francisco 49ers championships. Jerry Rice, mm -hmm. Joe Montana, Steve Young. He said a quote, and he, I believe it was referencing Jerry Rice. He was show me the man that can jump ten feet one time, versus the man that can jump one foot ten times, mm -hmm. and I'll will him to replicate. Uh huh. So this. This is that's from that's digging deep from a lesson from Ariz about the true replication of speed. Right. So that is th when we're talking about using these jumps for strength and power development, they have to be executed with that level of intensity and concentration. Uh huh. It can't be a hundred. It can't be fifty. And it's not going to feel mm -hmm. like a lot. But again, your feelings will lie to you if we are targeting your central nervous system and we are going in with the the mindset to mm -hmm. fight reversibility of my abilities, mm -hmm. then we're going to be in a good position versus just more. Okay. So now I'm going to transfer primals real quick. Okay. Can this also be done with upper body pushing? I believe. So then we'd have to... So think of like a, like a dynamic kind of push-up, essentially. Like a plyo-style push-up. Right. Would it be the same execution and in, in like total volume loading? One through five, try not to get over 25? I'd take that approach. Yeah. And it, I mean, we don't, you don't want it to sneak up where it may not feel like a lot, but then mm -hmm. your, your muscles, your tendons, the things that do break mm -hmm. could come into effect and break because, you know, they, not your emotional intensity, the true intensity that they can't bear. Mm -hmm. So if we're using an explosive push-up, a dynamic push-up, we do have these in our program. So say uh, a couple approaches that somebody can take this, they start on the ground, and then there's two, let's just call them uh, chairs, to, I mean, how high are the chairs we're sitting 20 in? inches. 20 inches? Uh -huh. Okay. So then there's two, this is a good goal, 20-inch chairs in my kitchen that I'm going to perform an explosive push-up from the ground to the 20 inch mm -hmm. that'd be boom max and then i yeah. want you to and even if that's too much text what you could do in between those chairs is elevate the surface in between it with like 
whatever. So you're, let's say you do an eight inch rise. So you also have an increased torso angle, which makes the load a little less, Mm -hmm. but allows you to move faster, which is important in this type of work to get up to that 20 inch. So that, that's one option of explosive. And we want you to step down if that's the variation you're going for only the concentric. I believe we're getting to muscle contractions next. Yeah. So just think movement first, and then we'll get into muscle contractions. But that is an explosive one that you cannot physically do more than yeah. three, five in a row. Mm-hmm. And then that, that 25 max rep, maximal expression of your abilities, mm-hmm. then you got to rest because that is plenty of stress. So that's one primal was the squat, which is the hips. Mm-hmm. If your hips were a bowl of soup and you're holding a bowl of soup, it's pouring, it's tilting the soup and pouring it out the front lip. Then we, I skipped selfishly to upper body, which is pushing, mm-hmm. which is going to be thing like a bench press or a push up, or a vertical press or like a shoulder press. And a way I would, I don't, I'm not a fan of the handstand push ups. <sighs> if you have to kip, if you no, can no. do strict, you may be okay vertically pushing that way, but you're not going to be like, that's too, you can't get dynamic loading there. Right? No, 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 no. But what you can do is like a pike push up where your feet are still on the ground, think like it and lower down to a tripod and you can start to work dynamically that way, lowering down to where your head becomes a depth gauge or even elevating so your head can fit between and your hands can lower, but your feet are still on the ground, right? Your tush is in the air. Yeah. Pressing up vertically in that manner. So that could be a, a way to get some vertical pressing. Yes. So the important thing and what we're doing is giving representations that are mimicking the same actions. Mm-hmm. So we're subbing movement. We're training movement versus finding different variations of a bench press. Mm-hmm. So it's still a horizontal push with those explosive push-ups with the pike or the handstand push-ups. It's still a vertical push mm-hmm. overhead. With our jumps, whether it's horizontally or vertically, it's still a hinge, an X-axis squat or what would a deadlift hinge be? So it's the same movement. We're just taking away the implement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people would only get, I mean, the the easiest is going to be the X-axis to mimic Mm -hmm. um, the most. I mean, if we look at a lot of the CrossFit competitions and movement workouts experiences, Mm -hmm. those are primarily X-axis or rotation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we can certainly think any form of lunge i would love the opportunity for the lunge to start taking over training because mm-hmm. and unilateral movements to take you a long way yeah but so that, go ahead you want to explain the lunge yeah yeah sure so lunge now with that bowl of soup analogy that's where we're going to be twisting so you know the lunging movement everyone i think knows the lunge now there's we're very particular with how we want you to do that because we right. want to best replicate and pattern the sprinting motion and mechanics uh for a field sport athlete assuming straight ahead speed right but as you go ahead and you step forward into a lunge and you lower that back leg and that front foot goes forward in that right or that forward leg knee elevates your your hips are going to twist and tilt a little bit mm-hmm. that twisting motion is along the y axis right and that's going to be like a, a imaginary line going through the top of your head and down in between your hips and that's going to like kind of rotate along there so that's your lunge or your y mm-hmm. same principles apply here Right, same volume, same loading per leg. So, like three right, three left. If five we're right, gonna, five left. Yeah, if we're going to be explosive. Mm-hmm. But now, if we're targeting more hypertrophy, well, 
in general with hypertreat, that's kind of like the easy one, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, he's hoping to maintain his gains. Yeah. Gains in our mind and respect is yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah, but good point. Gains good point. In many, uh, many listeners out there or mm-hmm. Jack Street crew, it's more of the the size and what you'd be yeah. able to to see and feel. So then, with the the lunge is a great tool where a lot of volume can go a long way. Yeah, and because you're going unilaterally, uh-huh. dominance phenomenon is removed, so you can't use like compensation of left and right to do more than you really should be able to do unilaterally. Mm-hmm. So this is probably a more like I guess I'm I'm pick I see where you're going now. You're going to have to change your mindset from like a squat or X dominant training system to now a Y and spoiler alert Z Z dominant. So lunging body weight uh huh. Because a lot of, or a lot of us, I'm probably one of the few that can mm-hmm. lunge near squatting ability. Mm-hmm. But the uh, you can handle less load. So now I can implement my backpack, my chair, a child. Mm-hmm. And start but that's to, not body weight. That's kind of cheating. But I okay. see what you're saying though. Which we can. With some very readily readily available tools like yeah. their center block or like whatever. Yes. The, the, those incremental increases in weight that would not be enough to drive a significant training stimulus for a squat. Or a deadlift, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now are for a lunge. Uh-huh. And fighting reversibility. Mm-hmm. So now you're lunging, and that can be done in your traditional 3x7, 5x7, 3x12, like probably tapping out if you're doing volume at about 70 reps per leg. Like... There's no reason really to go beyond that, right? Oh, yeah, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. But like beyond that, the reason we say that is you start to change the training adaptation to muscular endurance, uh-huh. which could have a bit of a more potent reversibility effect towards your strength and power. Oh, yeah, because then we're getting into then mm-hmm. conversion of yeah, muscle fiber fibers. Yeah, fiber type conversion. So like that's why we want to monitor the amount of volume you do per attempt and overall volume in a particular movement pattern uh-huh. so i would say 75 reps feels it right issue but that can like don't these aren't like these are guardrails right yeah. so because people i don't want people to be like well i followed um johnny wad and we did 250 reps like well there are no rules on johnny wad <laughs> street fight and the same the same principles apply to your step up which is the unilateral movement like it's ultimately you have that stairwell it'd be doing uh like single leg stair climbing is going to be your step up. Uh-huh. And that's if you take that hip and we evaluate that hip action, it's now taking that bowl of soup and it's going from left to right, spilling, like swishing side to side as the iliac crest or that, like if you touch your hip, the bony part, as that one elevates on the right side, the left one compensates and lowers commensurately on the left side. And yes. that's your primal movement pattern for the Z. Yeah, like axis. we're marching in place. Imagine yeah. that. That's the be- That's a great... Not the best. It's a great representation mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. Z tilt. Yeah. So same principles apply and patterns apply to the lunge than it does to the step. So that's that's how we would do that. And you can even do those dynamically, assuming you have like lunge jumping. Oh, yeah. Big time. Right. It That will require a lot more coordination. And mm-hmm. then again, well, I'm getting ahead of us, but we then have planes of motion. Is mm-hmm. this a good transition? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we, we talked about movement where we can look at the action of the barbell or the weight mm-hmm. that we would do. And our objective is to then mimic it with our body weight. Now we have the added stress of planes of motion. Mm-hmm. 
You want to explain the three sure. planes of motion? Three planes of motion? Plane, not like a hamburger. First off, I don't like plain hamburger Plane, guys. you mean like Gerard Butler's new movie coming out? No, I mean like plain like your wardrobe. Um, it's, I, I, man, I'm my burns are off, dude. It's a great day, guys. <laughs> we should record a few more podcasts. I mean plain like a flattened level surface, an imaginary surface that a yeah. body can travel along. And there are three planes in the Cartesian system, people. This is These are the three dimensions, if you will. So there is the sagittal plane, which would, if you're looking at a Michelangelo's, uh, what do you call the guy? This guy? Uh, I'm doing like the, where the he does the starfish, man. the snow angel. Yeah, Michelangelo's perfect man or whatever. So if, if you I were looking. it's Da Vinci. Or, yeah, Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. Michelangelo's David. Oh, I'm thinking of the Ninja Turtle. The... <laughs> Sorry, Tex. You're not. That's not funny. You're not even giving me a chuckle out of that. Listeners are laughing. We don't make fun of Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Fair enough. You're cutting a body into left and right halves. So it would be this, the plane that would, for, for training, is the plane that would cut your body into a left and right half. And that is like basically traveling along up and down a hallway. Ooh, I can't pronounce this, but it's a Vitruvian man. The Vitruvian man, of course. Everything knows. Everybody knows that. So that's your sagittal plane. You travel forwards and backwards. Uh, then you have your frontal plane. That's the one that's going to cut you into a front half and a back half. And you're going to travel along that laterally. So that's like if you're shuffling left or right or any sort of um, like lateral flexion extension jumping through the spine, jacks. jumping jacks, that's all going to be predominantly frontal plane movement. And then finally, you have the transverse plane, which would bisect you into upper and lower halves. And uh, we, we would classify rotational types of movements that would separate your shoulders and hips and have independent separation of those would be movement along that transverse plane or just your whole body. Yeah. Or your body rotating as well. Yeah. Right. Um, those, the reason we like to break those planes out is because the nervous system responds differently, excuse me, differently to movements along those planes and they're, they're para they're like parallel planes, like the parasagittal plane would be a plane that's next to that sagittal, that primary plane, or paratransverse or parafrontal. And then there's the multiplanal movements, which are a mixture of all, which really all training is for the most part multiplanar in nuance if Levi Garrett was on this call. However, we, when we say that, we're talking predominant, like what is the dominant plane of motion? Right. Now we can apply these movements in the volumes and loading patterns that we talked about previously along these planes of motion. Uh-huh. So we're typically lunging, for example, sagittally. Right. Forwards. Mm-hmm. Now, we can lunge laterally and mm-hmm. add rotation to lunge, or we can like drunk step lunge and zigzag, uh-huh. crossover lunge. All of these things are ways that we are not going to be accustomed to moving that is going to require your nervous system to drive an adaptation. Yep. Rotating. Oh, man. Lunge jumps, rotating mm-hmm. 90 degrees to the left and mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, even like lateral stair climbing, uh-huh. if you do have access to stairs or lateral box step ups. Yeah. Um, these are just ways that you're going to find are more challenging. And because they're more challenging, they drive a, a training response. Right. With less reps. Right. So this is now going to, is going to make you stronger out of the other end of this. It's unlikely, Jim. However, well, we could argue he's more coordinated. Right. Which will, you may, in doing a lot of this, you may see deficits in absolute strength, but what you ultimately are doing as well is you are in, you're raising the roof. 
Yeah. Once you get the barbell again, you are now co- more coordinated. You have a higher level of neural efficiency and you theoretically could have a higher level of strength from the same type of training response or training stimulus you had leading up to this event. Uh-huh. That's the beautiful thing about it. Yes. Now do you want to get in the final piece? Yeah. So we got athleticism that, that was moving through space that we're combining primals and planes of motion. Uh-huh. If we get into field strong, bedrock, the programs that really focus on unlocking athletic potential or enhancing athleticism, they dive into primals, planes. And now we can get very specific. Mm-hmm. This is now for not the novice athlete, but we can get into muscle contractions. Right. So, so this is this is where with some of my buddies who I know like during the first shutdown text, like I got them going on some eccentrics. Oh, Great. Okay. So now we have three muscle contract. Uh, go ahead. Go, go, go. I'm, okay. Well, I can no, add it to the end. No, three muscle contractions. All muscle contractions happen during movement, but in training, we can identify, lock in. Let's see what you did there. We can lock in on specific actions and then target them with a prescription of execution. Uh, most common where we said the sagittal plane is the most common plane, the most common muscle contraction training is concentric. That's right. So think that the explosive jumps that we did, the concentric is going to be the shortening of the muscle. So Mm -hmm. explosive, Mm -hmm. um, any, if you just hit push-ups, that's focusing on a concentric action Mm -hmm. getting in there. Then what we can do is also target eccentric, which is a lengthening. So there are different types of eccentric muscle contractions, and we want to target two kinds, especially with our lockdown training. The first is going to be just simple eccentric where we're controlling our, our body. Right. Um, where the loader force, it, we're managing that loader force, and we're allowing it those yeah. muscles to if, lengthen. If my tempo to, to elongate is eight seconds, I personally am counting and controlling one, two, three, four, five, six, And you can seven, reverse eight. it at any time should you want to. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. then you can contract and reverse that. So uh, imagine now I'm in my push-up position mm-hmm. and I'm lowering down for eight. That would be a representation of our eccentric. Mm-hmm. Now we have a different kind of eccentric. Force. And this is something to progress to, mm-hmm. but a forced eccentric a true Mm -hmm. eccentric where despite all your concentric efforts Uh to shorten that muscle the force applied to the lever or system that's trying to shorten exceeds its ability to overcome it so you're being forced this is if you have a partner Mm -hmm. you and your training partner i got some solo as well i'll share with you okay but for lower for all right, to give examples to paint the picture of true eccentrics before we provide mm-hmm. more, uh, an easy example would be a chest fly. So if partner Luke is laying down on mm-hmm. the ground and he brings both of his palms together in front of him and he's holding with the best of his pecs ability, that sunken chest. You need a bowl of soup out of him. Soup out of But he's holding both hands, straight arms, and his pecs are flying. They're crushing together. And I, the training partner, come in and put both my hands inside his wrists, and I perform now my own chest fly, and I'm separating both of Luke's arms. He's doing his damnedest to hold the clap hands, 
but I'm overpowering mm-hmm. and lowering his hands. A true lengthening, a true eccentric is a force exceeds the the resistance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you could do that single arm as well. Yep, you can do that single arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that with a vertical pull up. So mm-hmm. if you got one of those, oh God, this would be stupid and dangerous. But those pull up bars in the kitchen, yeah, don't do that. If you got a secure pipe, maybe <laughs> in your basement. But imagine Luke is now holding a good, tall, pretty posture in his pull-up position, and I step in and rip and pull him down. Ah, with rip's not like the right term. Right. Gri- it would be like kind of gently apply and steadily increase Yeah. We do have resistance. a YouTube video for the manual resistance pull-up on how to do it properly and safely okay. yeah. for our training partners uh, that I, I will include in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So those are some examples. Yeah, so what I, what I pushed off to my buddies, they loved it was like a, an incline push-up, right? So think, go back to your chair. Okay. So you're on, you're ultimately on a chair, right? Uh, in like an elevated push-up position. And then let's say you have two chairs. You're going to just take one hand off and try to lower single oh, yeah. arm on a chair. And like you'll hit a point, you'll be able, you'll be controlled eccentric, but then you're going to hit a point where it's forced eccentric. Yeah. Right? And then you have that off arm to spot and save you. And then you dynamically come out of there and you rinse and repeat and yeah. then pop off and blast. And then you go for like, a, you try to get volume pushups, you get six or seven because you're fatigued out of it and you have that huge eccentric loading. Yeah. And more difficult to do alone, but training partner there, you can almost do, I mean, you can do many of the movements. We could do uh, butterflies, clamshells, a lot of hip action, mm-hmm. some hamstring curls, bicep curls, uh, leg uh Leg extension, and probably my favorite is an armadillo. Imagine an iso hold mm-hmm. using our trunk, our hips, our abs. And the trick, though, anytime you do a true eccentric, it must always, and this is an absolute, it must always be followed up with a concentric and explosive dynamic mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. So if you do do the true Do-do. eccentric push-ups that Luke was explaining immediately drop down and just hit one, two, and three quick regular push-ups. If it's pull-ups, the same thing. One, one true eccentric partner pull-up. And then even if it's assisted with that same partner, hit one, two, or three mm-hmm. pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Then with our, our hip actions, our hamstring that we mentioned, you can do explosive lunge jumps or quick feet up your stairs real quick if, you're, if y'all are working out in a freaking stairwell it sounds pretty cool mm-hmm. uh, but sucks at the same time um always follow it with the explosive concentric mm-hmm. and the final muscle contraction uh, in oft overlooked isometrics mm-hmm. this could be holding and maintaining different hip angles within there yeah it could bottom be squat hold bottom squat hold uh halfway squat hold so finding and set and targeting different ranges of motion Mm -hmm. that you're weak at because let's use this opportunity to get good at what we suck at Mm -hmm. uh that that are giving you fits find those ranges of motion or those weak points within a full range of motion you're thinking your sticking point on your squat or your bench press it's a great opportunity and time to sit in an isometric hold at your your failing point and mm-hmm. um, it could be single arm, could be double. Yep. Could Lunge position, step up position, pistol yep. hold, single leg hold. Yep. And then adding even a little bit of spice to that, if you do have access to a partner, they can apply gentle 
force to you on in multiple planes, like by just uh-huh. nudging or pulling or whatever. And your goal is to just be a statue. Yeah. And like, they're not trying, this is where you like thin line between being a good partner and being a dick. Like you want to do enough to almost to hit that boiling point, but never the breaking point where you're going to compromise the position. Uh-huh. And, and go ahead. Final east, uh, isometric. And we do even utilize this when we have full gym access and this is going to help your deadlift. Let's find something that is stuck in the ground. It could be <laughs> the, uh, the, the stairwell railings. If yeah. we're in that stairwell again, or just like if I'm in my apartment balcony, yeah, the balcony itself, yeah, just yeah. something semi off the ground. So targeting different angles, similar to our uh, isometric I mentioned earlier, but think of like the rack pull. Yeah, yeah, isometric rack pull. Isometric rack pull, but the bar doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. With third monkey, what we did was with the toe strap. Yeah. Just put the toe strap underneath the feet. Grip yep. and find your angle until your knees are at the right angle mm-hmm. and just grip it and rip it for 15 count. Oh, yeah. Until it, your head pops like a zit. Yeah. So, the, the man, there, there's plenty of opportunity there, uh-huh. right? And then one thing that we, you know, I think would, it would be, you, if you're going to make an investment and you, and it's not going to be like equipment, like that you're going to trash, like cinder blocks or something, maybe. Uh, consider BFR straps because you can apply the BFR strap to literally everything we said. And there is a training response there that is, will be beneficial. And again, continue to blunt the detraining effect. Like that is the best you can do. Jim is to take these high, highly nearly like the, the near, the high neurological, um, stimuli. Uh huh of like these multiplanar movements, these unilateral movements, things you've never done before, apply the right volumes to it, and then get some volume work in as well with things that you're more comfortable with to get like that hypertrophy or pump. Right. But doing those with your limbs occluded or uh, with blood flow restriction training. And uh, we just had an episode... Yes, that is episode 422. 422 on BFR to give you more details on that. And uh, man, like there's really nice equipment. There's more affordable equipment. Like you get what you pay for, but the like they all will be more beneficial working that stuff in than not. And I would say you would do this. So you're going to hit, let's say you ha- you're going to train five days a week. Or whatever, right? Like however many days a week you're going to hit. You want to hit all primals, all planes of motion. You can vary muscle contractions however you'd like. One week of isometrics if you want. Uh, I Quickly on that, I'd say two weeks you focus on one. So that would be two weeks of eccentrics across the board. One week of general movement, fitness. Standard movement that you're then used to. concentric. Or excuse me, then isometric then fitness, then ice, uh, then concentric. To so that's two, four, six, uh-huh. eight, ten weeks. There you go. Yeah. And, and you know the patterns to use. You can apply BFR to three of the five training days. Let's say half your training days. Oh yeah. Right. Like that. That's a good principle if you if you're new to it. Um. And then the big thing on like the sprinting and plyos is respecting that it doesn't feel hard, and just keeping the volume low. Oh yeah. So you want to also be alternating whatever, like a volume day and an intensity day between yeah. your, your, um, your primal movements. So your squat volume, squat intensity, 
not necessarily back to back, but like the, as they come up in sequence. So squat, yeah. step, lunge, push, pull, squat, step, lunge, push, pull, let's say is your five day sequence, or maybe it's squat, push one day, lunge, pull one day, step, pull one day, like have a sequence. It doesn't matter, bro. Like there's an optimal way to do it, but like with body weight, you're already in a deficit. Mm-hmm. So like now it's just about getting the right movements and the right planes of motion, the right distribution and then alternating intensity and volume to balance it out. Yes. And if you just want us to do the hard work for you, <laughs> go spend 50 bucks at Home Depot. Yeah. Uh, if <laughs> sign you up are for third forced in your apartment, mm-hmm. just don't buy your couch yet. You're moving, dude. Yeah. Lay down a little tarp. Like, uh, what's that movie with Christian Bale? He's got tarps all over the apartment. And then... No clue. Um, the Machinist? American Psycho. Oh. Yeah. Then just beat up with uh, cinder blocks. But you don't have to worry about cleaning up. There you go. This was a huge deep dive in what you could potentially do with body weight. Well, is this the ultimate ultimate deep dive into body weight training? Is that a catchy, clicky title? I don't know. Maybe. You, we need to get better at the uh, muscle... And fitness magazine titles. I know. Just get some abs already so we can put them on the thumbnail, the cover, the cover of the YouTube. Why don't you just Photoshop them on? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about how you could theoretically body weight train to minimize the training effects associated with lockdown. If well, you have a question. Yeah. And if you're traveling on holiday, mm-hmm. go ahead and apply these. Oh, yeah. And so like another thing, like if it's a one or two, like if it's a week, you can't do it wrong. Just do it. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? We're, we're also like long, thinking longitudinally, like mult, like six to eight to 10 weeks, this application. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just on vacation for a week or two, just hammer it. Would you do, say? Yeah. Do what you don't normally do. Yeah. And yeah. you'll have a great training response. Yeah. And do you have to do less work? Yeah. 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 For sure. It's all new. That's a good point, Tex. And maybe we should have led with that. And that's very important. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you led us to that. Hey, that's hey, you're welcome. Thank you, Tex. Thank you, Tex. All right. Good talk. See you out there. Call us 929-464-4640. That's 929-ing-ing-0. Leave us a message after the beep, and we'll get to your question as soon as we can. Until next time. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!